0: Father, we do ask for the teaching ministry of your Holy Spirit, that you'd enable us to receive what you have for us and that we would be changed by it. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I think all of us know someone who once walked with the Lord who no longer does. Someone who was once a very passionate follower of Christ, but now they're no longer loyal to Christ. Somebody who has spiritually defected. They defected spiritually. We know people that have done that, but the question I think a lot of us don't know the answer to is, but why did they do that? What was the process that led them to spiritual defection, to throwing into the towel, so to speak, of following Jesus? Well, this morning I want us to take a look at that process. Because the Bible actually reveals that process for us in Matthew chapter 26. So you can turn your Bibles there or you can look at the verses on the screen with us. As we're going to take a look at this process that so many people go through, this process of spiritual defection. Some of you may already be on the road to spiritual defection, not even know it. But today you can find out whether or not you are and you can find out how to remedy that. Matthew chapter 26, let me give you a little background before we actually actually read the passage to you. This is Jesus and his disciples just finishing the Last Supper. And they are now going to be on their way to the Mount of Olives and to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus is going to be praying with his disciples before he's arrested and goes to the cross. So that's the background. Let's read the passage. Starting in verse 30, Matthew 26. After singing a hymn, They went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. But Peter Peter said to him, Even though all may fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, this very night, before a rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, now listen to this, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. All the disciples said the same thing too. So all the disciples followed Peter's lead and said, Jesus, even if we have to die with you, we will not deny you. So they all resolved that they would stay true to Jesus, not spiritually defect, even if it cost them their lives. They all had resolve. And resolve is a good thing to have, but mark it well, we're going to see in just a moment that resolve is not enough. It wasn't enough for the disciples, and it won't be enough for any of us. Let's keep on reading the story. Verse 36, Then Jesus came with him to a place called Gethsemane and said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that would be James and John, and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you, as you will. And then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, you men could not keep watch with me for one hour? Okay, get, a, get a really a picture of what's happened here. Jesus asked them to pray with him. He gets Peter, James, and John, his closest disciples and friends, to go a little closer with him, a little further. And then he goes even further by himself, falls on his face and begins to pray and struggle with the cup that he's about to drink. The cup he's about to drink is the cup of the wrath of God. He's about to absorb the wrath of God, absorb all of our sins upon himself, absorb the judgment, do those sins for all humanity, for all time and he's struggling with drinking of that cup. And so he comes back to his disciples in the midst of his struggle, I believe hoping for a little bit of support, a little bit of encouragement. Instead, he finds them sleeping, not praying. Again, the disciples had been with Jesus now for over three years, and they still have not learned the importance of prayer. I mean, the only thing they ever even asked Jesus to teach him to do And he did teach them to do it, but apparently they didn't learn it because when they needed to be doing it, they weren't doing it. So now Jesus is going to elaborate on how important it is to pray. Now, remember, I said that we need to answer the why question before we get into this Pray Always series. Why is it that we should all be involved? Why is it that important? Matthew 26, verse 41, here's what Jesus tells his disciples and us. Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing. That's resolve. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. What Jesus is saying is simply this. If you don't pray like you should, you'll enter into a temptation that you will be unable to handle. And, he, and, and though they had resolve, and they had resolve, that's what Jesus said, your spirit, spirit is willing, you've got resolve. But the flesh is weak. Resolve won't be enough. You'll be unable to handle the temptation that is coming your way with resolve alone. You'll have to have the strength that comes from God through prayer to handle what's coming. And by the way, there are some things coming in the days to come in our lives that resolve will not be enough to handle. No matter how much resolve you got, it will not be enough to handle what's coming. You will need the strength that comes from prayer. Again, what was it they resolved? Let's remember what they resolved. They resolved that no matter what, we will even die with you and not deny you, not defect, no matter what it cost, We'll deny, you know, we would even pay the ultimate price, and die with you, even if it costs us our lives. So Jesus says that resolve is not enough to keep you from spiritual defection. You must pray. By the way, the temptation that they were about to enter into was the temptation to defect spiritually. That was the temptation he was talking about. And by the way, all temptation has it as its goal our spiritual defection. The devil's goal in tempting you to sin isn't that you just make that one little sin. His goal is is to get you on the road to spiritual defection. What Jesus is saying here is if you don't pray, you will eventually defect. Well, Jesus goes off and prays again. For his own battle, he's about to endure the cup of the wrath of God. Verse 42, he went away again and a second time prayed, saying, Father, my father, if this cannot pass away, this cup, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. If there's no other way, Father, if this is the only way to bring about forgiveness of sins, then I'll drink it. Verse 43, again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So now he comes back and finds them sleeping. Think about this. The most anointed, powerful teacher of all time, and his students aren't getting it. Well, Jesus goes off and prays a third time, verse 44. And he left them again. and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's be going. Behold, the one who betrays me is at hand. So he comes back to him third time, sleeping again. Well, time's up. Prayer time is over. You either prayed and are ready for what's about to happen, or you didn't pray and you're not ready for what's about to happen. Jesus prayed, he's ready. Disciples didn't pray, they're not. You know, the same thing is true, I think, today in the days that are coming. that we will either be ready for them or not. If we have prayed like we should, we will be ready. If we haven't, then we won't. So what happens if you don't pray like you should? There is a process. I want to lay out this process for, for, for you out of Matthew 26. Some of you have heard me speak on this process before. I want you to pay even closer attention and really get these steps down in your mind, cement them into your mind, that you might be able to avoid them in your life. How does prayerlessness lead to spiritual defection? Here are the steps. Step one. Step one, by resolve, you fight a spiritual battle. But without prayer... It's in your own strength. By resolve, you fight a spiritual battle, but without prayer, it'll be in your own strength. Matthew 26, verse 47, let's read. While he was still speaking, behold, Judas, one of the 12, came up, accompanied by a large crowd with swords and clubs who came from the chief priests, And elders of the people. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he's the one. Seize him. Because it was dark. That was their their plan. Judas says, I'll show you who it is. I'll kiss him. Verse 48. Now he who was betraying him gave them a sign saying, Whomever I kiss, he's the one. Seize him. Immediately Judas went to Jesus said, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you've come for. Then they came and laid hands on Jesus and seized him. And behold, one of those who were with Jesus reached. And Now we know this is Peter from another gospel. Another one of the four gospels. One who was with Jesus, this is Peter, reached and drew out his sword and struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus said to him, put your sword back. Put it back in its place for all those who take up the sword shall perish by the sword. Or do you not think I cannot appeal to my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? How then will the scriptures be fulfilled, which it says that it must happen this way? See, here's what you do if you got resolved, but you don't pray. You'll have to fight the battle in your own strength. And that's exactly what Peter does. Peter is not prayed up. He's been sleeping when he should have been praying. He's not ready for what's about to come. So what does he do? He fights a spiritual battle in his own strength. He reaches into his sword. He pulls out his sword. and He chops off the ear of the the slave of the high priest, Malchus' his name was, we know from another gospel. But what happens? Does that work? No, it doesn't work. Not only does God not help Peter, Jesus rebukes Peter. Mark it well. If you've got resolve but no prayer, you will fight the enemy in your own strength, and two things will happen. Number one is it won't work, and number two, and God won't help you. In fact, Jesus rebukes him for the way he's fighting a spiritual battle in his own strength. Resolve is not enough. Let me say it again. When it comes to fighting spiritual battles that we're going to face in the days to come, resolve will not be enough. We'll have to have the strength that comes from prayer. There's a children's poem, probably my favorite children's poem. It goes like this. The little blue engine looked up at the hill. His light was weak. His whistle was shrill. He was tired and small and the hill was tall and his face blushed red as he softly said, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. So he started up with a chug and a strain and he puffed and he pulled with might and main. And slowly he climbed a foot at a time and his engine coughed as he whispered soft, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. With a squeak and a creak and a toot and a sigh, with an extra hope and an extra try, he would not stop. Now he near the top, and strong and proud, he cried out loud, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. He was almost there when crash, smash, bash. He slid down and mashed into engine hash on the rocks below, which goes to show, if the track is tough and the hill is rough, thinking you can just ain't enough. Resolve is not enough in spiritual life. We must have prayer to have the strength of God to fight a spiritual battle. So that leads us to step two. Remember we're talking about the steps? How prayerlessness leads to spiritual defection. Step two. In your own strength, you will pay a price. But without God's help, you don't reap results. Now, how many people have done this? How many churches have done this? How many ministries have done this? How many missionaries have done this? You know, they have resolved, but they haven't prayed. So now they're going to do their ministry in their own strength, and they're not going to get any results, and God's not helping them. But yet they're paying a price. They're sacrificing. That leads us to step three. Without results, the price will eventually get too high. And you'll quit the fight and you'll leave your post. Matthew 26, verse 56. Then all the disciples left him and fled. All of them. Again, notice the process. They had resolved. We will not leave you, we will not defect, we will not deny you, even if it costs us our lives. They had resolved, but no prayer. So now they're going to fight a spiritual battle in their own strength, but it's not working. God's not helping. So what do they do? They leave. They flee. Why? Because now the price is too high. It's too much risk. too much danger. Mark it well. If we have resolve without prayer, eventually the price will get too high and you'll back off. Because if you have resolve without prayer and you're not seeing any results, but you're paying a price, eventually the price will be too high to pay. why so many quit in their ministries, that's why so many throw in the towel for following Jesus, they leave their post, because they're not praying, they're not seeing results, and so they're still sacrificing or paying some type of price or risking something, so eventually they say, it's just not worth it to do this anymore. If you're not getting any results, eventually you're going to stop paying the price, Think about a small group leader. you got a small group leader who isn't praying for the small group. And so he's not seeing any results in the small group. In fact, he's seeing less people come every week to the small group. And God's not helping. And the ones who do come, they don't seem to be changing or growing. And after a while, you know, he's fighting the spiritual battle in his own strength, He's not seeing any results, but yet he's paying a price. And he's thinking, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I don't think I want to clean the house up every week so people can come over. I don't think I want to make sure we got snacks. And I don't think I want to do it. He starts to listen to all this stuff. I don't want to do it. I don't want to pay the price anymore. And so they leave their post. See, the mistake I think a lot of small, the small group leaders leader makes is he, he tries to adjust things, adjust the load or the cost of the sacrifice for the small group leader so he won't leave his post. And what ought to be adjusted is the prayer life of the small leader. That's what will keep him from leaving his post. Same with a missionary. You got a missionary on the field that's not really praying. They're not seeing results. But they're, they're, they're paying some kind of price. And after a while, not seeing any results, they think, I don't know if I want to keep paying this price anymore. So they leave the field. And so the mission board says, well, let's just change the price. Let's lower the price. Let's, let's make it easier for you to stay in the field. And what needs to be adjusted is the prayer life of the missionary. Well, let's see what happens next on this process that leads to spiritual defection, step four. Step four is you leave, you, you quit the fight and you leave your post, but you now follow at a distance. Matthew 26, 57 to 58. Those who had seized Jesus led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now it says this. But Peter was following him at a distance, as far as the courtyard of the high priest. But Peter is following at a distance. See, Peter has distanced himself. He distanced himself, how far? Far enough where he is not at risk. Far enough to reduce the cost, reduce the price. He's following at that kind of distance. Now, if we would interview Peter at that time, run up with a microphone as he's following Jesus at a distance, say, don't you love Jesus anymore? He would say, said, yes, I do. I think at that point, he would have thought nothing about that distance that he just put between him and Christ. But the problem is he is putting himself in a vulnerable, vulnerable place. See, the next step from being unwilling to handle the cost is to distance yourself from Jesus. You find a distance that's comfortable, it's safe, doesn't have a price to pay. There's all kinds of ways we might distance ourselves from Jesus to reduce the cost, the sacrifice, the risk. I've seen it happen so many times over these last four decades that I have been in ministry, where I've seen people who were leaders and then they want to step out of leading that ministry, and then they don't even come to meetings, and then you know they come occasionally, and then eventually maybe they online a few times and then they're just gone. They just kept distancing themselves and distancing themselves. And I tell you, I have I have some concern about what this whole coronavirus has done to so many who have been following Jesus in the past, but but now they've kind of isolated themselves. That's why it's so easy for, if you're just online, to be isolated. And those of you online, I urge you to make sure you're connecting. If you need to be online, make sure you're connecting with other believers because we've watched the online numbers slowly go down because it's so easy just to get out of the habit, and just be more and more isolated than ever. And it's such a dangerous, dangerous place. That's why we're calling everybody to be in one of these pray always small groups. And everyone online, you can even be on one online, but we got to get reconnected. We cannot be isolated. We start following Jesus at a distance. It's a very, very dangerous place because that leads to step five. Step five, following at a distance makes you especially vulnerable So you defect by denying Christ. Verse 69, now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him and said, you too were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you are talking about. When he had gone out to the gateway, another servant girl saw him and said to those who were there, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And again, he denied it with an oath. Said, I do not know the man. A little later, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, Surely you too are one of them, for even the way you talk gives you away. Then he began to curse and swear, I do not know the man. And immediately, a rooster crowed. And Peter remembered. The word which Jesus had said before rooster crows, you'll deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. See, Peter's denial was not sudden. It was the end of a process. A process that began with prayerlessness. He had resolved, but he didn't pray. So what's gonna happen next? He's gonna fight a spiritual battle in his own strength. God's not gonna help, he's not gonna get results. What happens then? Well, the price is too high. With no results, the price is too high, so he distanced himself, follows Jesus at a distance. So now he's vulnerable, and now he gets picked off by the devil and denies Christ. See, ultimately, that's where a prayerless life leads. It leads to spiritual defection. Some of you are on that road right now. Some of you, and I'm not picking on anyone, but some of you in this room, some of you online, Know that your prayer life is in the tank, and you don't realize that you're on a road to, you know, the road to spiritual defection. That's what is writing on this. That's why this series is so important. It matters that we all shore up our prayer life for the days that are coming. Now, the good news is that the disciples get a, got a second chance, and so do we. The disciples learned from their failure. Turn to Acts chapter 1, now, Acts 1, verse 13 and 14. Notice what it says. When they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. And it says, These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. They have now become devoted to prayer. The same group is now devoted to prayer. Why? Because they realize resolve is not enough. They understand they have to be devoted to prayer to be able to handle the spiritual battles that are coming their way. So what happens next? Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they're all filled with the Holy Spirit. So now they're filled with Holy Spirit power. It's not going to be their own strength anymore. That they're going to fight spiritual battles, they're going to fight with God's strength, with the power of the Holy Spirit. So now ministry's going to work. Why? Because God's going to help. Acts 2.41, so then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. So 3,000 converts, kingdom power, miracles are happening. Why? Because God is helping. So because of prayer, God is helping, ministry is working. So the next question is, will it ever get too costly? Will the price be too high? caused them to back away again. Let's see. Acts 4, verse 1 through 3. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. So now we have the first persecution that they have faced. Will the price be too high? It was too high before when they fled, remember? Now they've been thrown in jail. Will the price be too high? Well, let's see. Verse 18. When they had summoned them, they commanded them, Do not speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, here's Peter again. Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than to God you be the judge for we cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard no backing down here no leaving your post no following at a distance no denying Christ why because they this time were devoted to prayer acts 5 verse 40 to 42 After calling the apostles in, they flogged them. So now they're getting whipped. Not just a night in jail, they're getting whipped, flogged. And then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them, thinking, well, that ought to work. So they went on their way, get a load of this, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And every day they kept right on teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. No backing down. No leaving their post, no following at a distance, no denying Christ. Things are different because this time they're devoted to prayer. They learn the importance of prayer. And perhaps Peter learned it the best. Here's what Peter says in 1 Peter, what he wrote, 1 Peter 4, verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore... Be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Be sober spirit, be alert. Don't be sleeping when you should be praying. 1 Peter 5.8, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. And you can almost add, and I know what that feels like, You know, it's interesting, if you ever watch some National Geographic TV show about a lion and how, he, how, he, how she hunts, and she's looking for the straggler, the one who's isolated, the one who's hobbling behind the group, the one disconnected, and that is easy prey. That's who the lion will go after, and that's how the devil is. That's why it's so important that we not be isolated. That's why this, this Prey Always series is so important right now. Because every one of us, and if you haven't had a chance to do this, you can take this card, fill it out, either join a group or be your host and put it in the offering box. But we want everyone in one of these groups. Everyone. Why? Because we want more than just to hear the Sunday message. We want you to, you to hear you know, the, the brief little devotion that the staff have put together each week but then have a time to talk to other believers, pray for each other, support each other. So we're asking everybody to be part of one of these. And I'm asking your help. I'm asking your help to call people back into a group. Even if you know somebody is only going to be online, let them be in an online group. But help us. Don't just leave it up to the elders and staff to try to locate everybody because we need your help. So if you know some people that have kind of slipped off or you know some folks that that aren't coming or just online but they're not even online anymore, say, hey, be in my Pray Always small group. Invite them in. Let's retrieve our church family because we've noticed some of the patterns we're seeing are not good. So we're doing our best to just pull everybody back. Those of you who feel comfortable coming in person, please come in person. Those of you that have health, health concerns and want to stay in line, stay in line. But be online and connect these Zoom groups where you can still have believers that know what's going on in your life and pray for you and support you. And so this Pray Always series is so important. Why is it important? Because your spiritual life is riding on it. Because days are coming, folks, that resolve will not be enough. We've got to be men and women of prayer. And we need each other. Let's stand for prayer. Father, we're asking you to help us, Lord. We're praying right now because we know, Lord, Even our commitment right now, our own strength is not enough. We're asking you to pour out your spirit upon us, to strengthen us, to set us on a course of becoming a house of prayer for all nations in a greater way than we ever have. I pray, Lord, for a retrieval by your own hand that you would bring people to mind, people they should call and invite, and you'd pull us back. And this will be the most powerful prayer series any of us have been part of, and we'd all become men and women who know how to pray and walk it out For this day and the days that are coming, we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. Amen.